we was having a conversation there in Nashville, and I was telling you about our growth. You said, you made a statement, you said, you want to kind of follow us with that because that's a pretty aggressive growth. Well, I'm going to tell you, life has learning curves. Our plan was a great plan, but at the same time, the unforeseen are the things that, that, that uh, distinguish the difference between your paper plans and the actual plans that you're able to do. I'm Todd Dills, and the voice you heard up top was that of Andre Jackson, owner-operator with a business partner of the one-year-old Midnight Express Small Fleet, based down in Mississippi, with owner-operator Dante Ogletree, Jackson's business partner, based in Atlanta. Regular listeners will remember late last summer when Jackson was the principal guest on Overdrive Radio here, telling the story of his uh, remarkable comeback from multiple heart attacks to where he is today, on his own with his own authority in a small trucking company that as he alluded to at the top, was started with a plan for somewhat aggressive, hopefully sustainable growth in the near-term future. As he noted, I told him at the annual meeting of the National Association of Small Trucking Companies in November here in Nashville that I'd be interested in following that story because, as I noted at the time, the plans were plenty aggressive. In the short time since we talked, then, a breakdown of the first truck the pair of owner-ops added to the fleet the 2007 Volvo 780 with an 06 engine set them back a good bit. The driver they hired for that truck then, well, Jackson gets to that in the talk that follows. Here he is talking about the disconnect between all the planning that went into the first year and, well, what actually happened with the variety of unforeseen or partially unforeseen issues along the road to success. First of all, when we set our plan out to make this type of move, on paper, it looks easy. But in actuality, making it happen is a whole nother story. And that some of the things you endure along the, on, on the way of trying to grow, you don't foresee coming. Like major breakdowns, like we just went through a major breakdown, cost us a lot, a lot of money. We had to redo the top end of the motor. Well, we okay. never saw that coming. Which truck was it? It was the Volvo. And the thing about the Volvo, we had just purchased the Volvo, only pulled one load with it when it when we had the problem with the truck. And I've had to put six new injectors in it, had to do an overhead to it, all that. And um it, it hit us financially because like major majorly because we had to tow the truck down to Atlanta. The truck stayed in Atlanta almost five weeks um, for the repairs to be completed, uh, which cost us financially once again. Um, I'm back and forth in Atlanta to a hotel, which cost us once again. And then just the labor and the parts to get it all done was yeah. something that was unforeseen. So on paper, when we were creating the plan, we never created a outlet, or is that the proper word to use it, or a... Uh, we never looked at the fact that, you know, we could have a breakdown like this that would cost us, you know, majorly. We never just took the time to think about that when we was, um, you know, creating our outline to grow the business. All things considered, you would have uh, done more in the area of putting uh, putting aside uh, money in a kind of an emergency fund uh, quickly. Right. Definitely. I mean, it was a, it was something that 
really taught us as far as our maintenance maintenance money is concerned. Having more than enough as opposed to not having enough, you know. Um right. it depleted or it depleted our maintenance money and um it started to go into our business account money, which in turn as I stated was weighing on the business. Um so what we did was instead of being an eight percent deduction towards um maintenance, we raised it up to ten percent deduction toward maintenance now. That's on every load. Uh, you're allocating uh, at least ten percent uh, to that maintenance fund. Well, we we at the end of the week when we do the loads from the total of all the loads, total we revenue, take ten percent <clears throat> total revenue. But tell me, outline the approach that you initially took. Um, I know ba basically you and and Dante as business partners, owner operators to begin with, uh, settled on like a pretty low amount to pay yourselves, um, basically, uh, in order that you can, um, you know, establish uh, a working capital to kind of put back into the business. Uh, to outline how, um, you know, what the plan was uh, when you started. Uh, the plan was we financed a truck through a company there in Atlanta. And um, the goal from that point was to try and put ourselves in a situation to where we could buy a truck cash. With that being said, we targeted trucks in the price range of thirteen to twenty thousand dollars. By doing so, those trucks tend to have mileage ranging anywhere from seven hundred to eight hundred thousand miles on them. Sometimes even a million miles. So it's a gamble. It's a gamble with the truck you make the purchase. But more so than anything is that with the truck, if you could, you know, have the opportunity to uh run it and get to know the truck so what we did was every time we purchased one at a price like that we went and did maintenance front to back ourselves to where we know at least what the maintenance record was like now on the truck knowing that everything was taken care of from that point on it was just about trial and error as far as running the truck concerns seeing how it's going to perform so we kept uh, kept ourselves in a position like that and so the third truck that we this um, other truck that we just acquired, we knew the guy that owned the truck, and um, he was trying to upgrade to a newer truck, and um, he wanted 11.5 for the truck. We just happened to be in a position to be able to get the truck. This is this is a, a Freightliner we got. It's a 2007 model Century class, in fact, which brings the fleet now to four power units. In addition to the two 2007 and 08 Kenworth 2000 uh, T2000 models that Jackson and Ogletree started with, and uh, the 2007 Volvo 780 Jackson had the recent already uh, mentioned issues with. That truck has become Jackson's own daily driver as, man as he manages dispatch for Ogletree and his one other driver, Jackson's brother from his mother's second marriage, Anthony Swanigan. How he came to be the pilot of the Volvo is yet another story of, you know, you might say, lessons learned through the trial and error of hiring. We get to that eventually, but before, Jackson quickly also saw the freight market he'd started Midnight Express right in the middle of. One of recent history is the ELD mandate reverberated through the industry a year and more ago, sending rates up. As he and so many other independents have seen as the last year progressed, however, a bit of a fallback in the spot market where Jackson had planned all along to operate materialized in mid-2018, and even before that for van haulers. At this point, year-over-year -year comparisons and average spot rates are to the negative, no doubt, given highs this time last year. 
For more on that, check out the Wednesday post this week on the Channel 19 blog at overdriveonline.com, Channel 19, slash Channel 19. And, 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 and the other thing that you have to take into account for is that the market, the rates are so bad, you know, it's, 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 it's tough. Man, it's tough. Man, it's, 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 it's fighting tooth and nail just to get $2 a mile. Yeah, it's really changed. I've heard that from a lot of others uh, in terms of it having changed uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty dramatically uh, from about a year ago. That hinders the growth as well. We don't, uh, Dante and I, we don't, we don't look more so of padding ourselves. We're trying to take what we make and reinvest back into the business, you know, as a way to try to expand more. But at the same time, with the way the rates are right now, I mean, you have to slow down on the whole thought of expansion due to the fact that you create more bills for yourself and the money just not there. On these two on these two trucks that you have recently purchased, um, I seem to remember that uh, when when you were talking about buying uh, the Volvo, you actually already had an agreement with the driver lined up. I wonder if yeah. you could tell me about, uh, uh, you know, how you've approached that in terms of, uh, you know, do you have a, a driver on board before you get the truck, and you know what 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 the what does the agreement with him look like? Is it? Uh... We had a um, driver in place for the truck. Um, started out well, then end well, meaning that it was a stepping stone for him to do other things that he really wanted to do which I respect that, you know, at least he was man enough to tell me what his plans was. You know, I just hate he told me after the fact because I lost a potential other driver, you know, fulfilling my, you know, word to him. But um, we pay a percentage. Um, We pay 25% of a load to a driver. And um, so we was, um, we kept the truck for him. He drove the truck for a minute. I actually drive it now. Yeah, I actually drive it. Actually, I'm in it as we speak. Um, but it was just a stepping stone for him. He was just a he was just trying to get enough money. I didn't know he owned a truck at the time, and he was just trying to make enough money to repair his truck to get back on the road. He didn't tell you that, though. Eh? No, I had no idea he owned the truck. That is too bad. So yeah. another, maybe another maybe another lesson learned there. Yes, totally. <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. How might you have handled that differently, uh, knowing what you know now? I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have hired him because it does me no good as a business owner to hire somebody who's with you only a month just to get enough money up to pursue other avenues. I respect what he had to do. I respect what he's trying to do being that I own trucks, or we own trucks, rather. But at the same token, from my business perspective, I wouldn't have hired them because it does it does nothing for my business. Do you have other drivers uh, other than yourself and Dante uh, working for you now? Yeah, yeah. Um, my brother drives for us. And um, actually, okay. um, my brother, he drives he and for us. Ki- he and your Kenworth? Yeah, he's in the Kentworth. And um, we got a um, two other owner, three other owner operators 
that we're getting um, taken care of now to come on board with us as um, lease leasing to our company. So that's that's an area that um, I've talked to a lot of uh, owner operators out there who've who've kind of who've had their authority and have have done that uh, you know this past year. Uh, for for you, um, I mean, there's there's various advantages to that. I mean, how how do you look at that? Uh, and how do um, what's your agreement like going going to be? Um, going to look like with those owner-operators? Well, given the fact that I've been a driver since uh, 1990, two things that a driver always cared about, home time and pay. Main two things that a driver always cared about. I think that large corporations suck all the money out where drivers can't really get the pay that they should get. I feel like drivers should make way more than what they make now. That's just my personal opinion. But at the same token, I said, man, Dante was sitting down talking. Dante and I was sitting down talking. And I said, what would make a driver stay and what would make a driver go? I said, what would make a driver sit inside of a um, truck driver lounge and hear other drivers talking about his pay? And what would make a driver brag about his job and his pay and not work as hard as those other guys work? What would do it? So we devised our plan to where we pay a driver 80% a lease driver, contractor, 80%. I'd rather have a steady 20% than a lease driver here today and a lease driver going tomorrow. So I'd much rather have that steady 20% from a company perspective as opposed to not having guys here working at all. I'd much rather for yeah. a man to say he's making money here, you know, because that might be another contractor sitting there listening to him and say, hey, man, what's the number? You know, so I much prefer him. I much prefer to know that he's making money here and happy with us. The next thing we decided what we would do is, and um, we're going to keep in touch on this one, what I'm about to tell you, and hopefully we can invite you out to it. Driver appreciation. What's driver appreciation? Driver appreciation is when a company takes a grill out or order some food or cater some food, and 90% of the drivers never see it. Because they're not there. <laughs> exactly. So what man Dante talked about was that for driver appreciation, we'll shut down, you know, three, four days. The company will pay for lodging somewhere out of state and invite them and their family out since we're a small company and um, we don't have a, you know, a ton of employees. We can afford to do it. We'll either pay for a cabin or go to Florida and, and uh, rent out some condos or rent a big house out in Florida and pay for all the right. drinks and food and give them a bonus and let them know we appreciate them. So some, those are just like a few of the structured plans that we put in place. You know, at the end of the day, yeah, it costs the company a few dollars to put that together. But you're looking at a whole year of out here working to make money, and if you can't sacrifice a few thousand dollars for the people that make help you make a lot of thousand, several thousand dollars, and um, I don't know. Maybe you need to reevaluate business altogether. Um, so those those owner you got you said you got three uh, owner operators that <clears throat> may start running under your authority here shortly. Mm -hmm. But not but not yet. One guy, he's in the process of getting his truck as we speak. Okay. So he'll be coming along here shortly. He'll be coming straight once he gets his truck. 
Yeah. The other guy, um, he put a two-week notice in, I think about a week ago, I believe it was, with the company that he was with. And uh, he's even coming aboard. And the other guy, Tim, Tim will start running here shortly. They doing a um, background check and all that stuff on him now. So he'll start running shortly. I asked Jackson about the effect of added drivers and equipment on his liability insurance rates, and given somewhat limited experience of the first driver he brought on board, uh, and his brother Anthony, he noted his rates more than doubled. That sent him back to the drawing board with a different insurance company, and he was waiting on quotes that might reflect the addition of leased owner-operators as we spoke. It's a key expansion consideration, no doubt, that any owner-operator needs to consider before putting any plans for expansion into motion. Jackson noted he had reached out to the National Association of Small Trucking Companies for recommendations on insurance providers going forward. As noted above, Small Fleet became a member this year, which affords access to the association's well-known fuel discount program, among other benefits. I tell you, it's not cheap. So we we had to swap away from progressives because it was just entirely too high. The, the problem therein, of course, I imagine for you guys, has got to be uh, that you... Once you once you've done this, and once you've got these new insurance uh, insurances in place, you've got to immediately be able, to, of course, uh, set that off with some revenue. Uh, same thing goes for the the rest of yeah. the rest of the business as well. How are you doing that, and how much of a learning curve has it been for? I'm assuming that you are managing most of the loads yourself, or or I do. maybe some of the drivers. I, I manage the loads. How big of how big of an issue has that been uh, trying to keep, uh, you know, four guys loaded versus uh, two? Right. Just to keep two loaded is time-consuming. And the reason it is because it's just not about just picking a load. It's not just about a rate. It's about trying to yeah. put loads together that make sense as far as, like, less yeah. mile deadhead and things of that nature, you know. Um, yeah. So you might... We deal with about 19, 20 brokers. So I got to go through 19, 20 brokers and try to put together one load, you know, two loads or three loads. And now since the growth, now I go through 19, 20 brokers and try to put together, you know, four loads or five loads, however, you know, it's going to be when we get yeah. started that. But the thing of it is that it's a, uh, it's a challenge. I, I found myself just with me and Dante loading the two trucks. I found myself five hours, six hours into trying to make something match, you know. So I imagine it's going to be a full day's job. Um, I put them through my dispatch board. We got a dispatch board now. Jackson's been using the ISTS dispatch program for that to date, a program associated with the truckstop.com load board and larger company. So I put them through my dispatch board and um, load their info up and once um, we get everything we're looking for, put the pieces together, you know. But if I tell sure. you it's not time consuming, I'll be lying to you. You're, you're probably looking at spending uh, less time on the road yourself, I'd imagine. Eh? I'm, on, I'm, on the road, I'm on the road more now since the driver left. Yeah, right, Prior right. to him, I was there more at the house, you know, trying to, you know, taking care of things there at the house. Um. So I would be at the, I'd be in our office most of the time, but um, now that he's left, you know I got my printer, my 
computer and everything in the truck, you know, so when um, I have to print trailer tags out or whatever, I got um, have everything I need here in the truck to print it out, and um, then I just get some word and fax them over to Dante or, uh, or Anthony, whichever one needs them. Having the least donor ops come on, um, are you going to be managing uh, freight for them, or are you going to give them a little more rain to do, uh, do some of that themselves? I'm going to manage it in the beginning. Um, we discussed the fact about, you know, giving them um, the opportunity to go onto the board, yep. you know, themselves. But I want to I wanna manage it in the beginning myself. I want to be able to look at it from both perspectives to where I can see yeah. from a business which one works better. If it works better by letting them have the access to it, then, of course, that's what we'll do. But if not, you know, we're going to... Um, keep it down to where I would manage it. With ITS Dispatch, in addition to having the basics in place for managing the freight the company hauls according to who's hauling it, an added benefit Jackson has seen has been in notifications of soon to expire licenses, whether it be a driver's CDL, medical card, or other certification that needs to be periodically updated. I asked if he'd encountered a situation where he'd been able to provide that reminder when a driver had forgotten about it. His answer may, may or may not surprise you, I'd guess. And you won't believe who he was. <laughs> Yourself? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. It was me. <laughs> it was me. Yeah, but um, I, 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 I like it a lot. So, uh, among the brokers that you guys work with, um, any success kind of... Um, Establishing relationships with folks at this point that uh, that may call you instead of you having to constantly be calling them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> actually, actually, um, we just got a gift card for one of the brokers the other day. Really? Um, there in the morning go by, he don't dial and ask what we need. Not a morning. Monday through Friday, like clockwork. Might call us two, three times a day. Just checking to make sure we are all right. Uh, well, this is words. His words are, they call me first thing in the morning about 6.30 every morning. Sure. And um, he says, so are you guys straight on loads? Y'all need loads? You're good with loads? Need trailers? Do you need anything? Uh, we correspond. Then he'll call me later on that day. Check it again before you go home. I appreciate that. And so... Man, Dante got him a gift card. Okay. Um, that was another broker. Well, there's more than a couple, but it's about four that, that does it, but he's the only one that does it that frequent. But we've had um, other customers um, that call us and, um, you know, they have used us before and appreciated our, our service as far as saying on-time delivery, on-time pickup, things of that nature. And they've called and requested our services again because of our past you know, business relationship. Would you say that um, the majority of your freight is coming from uh, these folks that you have a relationship with at this point? Definitely Brandon coming from the ones. It's definitely coming from the ones that contact us a lot. Some of the, some of the brokers you deal with is, uh, hello, hey, how you doing? Bye. You know, um, not a real strong relationship there as opposed to uh, I call my main four 
Jackson and company will actually meet the broker for whom they picked up a gift card to show their appreciation. He's based in Atlanta, where Jackson's business partner Ogletree is based, and plans on paying a visit. He's seeing the value in the relationship he has just a year into the business as an independent carrier. And to better capitalize on that business, next moves toward equipment will be investments in trailers, not trucks. To date, Jackson and company have relied on trailer use in the relocation programs of Coyote, England, and TQL, in which they garner use of a trailer for their own purposes, but with an agreed-to date by which they commit to dropping it off at a different location, limiting what they can do when it comes to freight in between. Issues with the purchase Volvo sidelined previous plans to get into trailers concurrently last year. Jackson's focusing further equipment investment for the foreseeable future in the direction of maintaining and growing solid business. The trailers will no doubt be a part of that. Conducting what he and others call otherwise a somewhat old-school way of doing business with a focus on maintaining relationships even amid the uh, steady influx of the no-touch transactional sort of nature of uh, entities like Uber Freight and some longer established brokers, that'll no doubt serve them well too. For now, that's about it. Until next week, stay safe out there.